When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. All kinds of topics to get to today. Rob Gronkowski announced his second retirement from the NFL a day ago. So what does Tom Brady look like without his security blanket? Someone here will tell you who's under the most pressure on that Bucks offense. Plus, Mike Tomlin spoke about life after Big Ben in the Steelers QB battle. One of our analysts today making a case for Kenny Pickett to get the start. He'll explain why. Also, why Zeke and Tony Pollard on the field at the same time could be the best option for Dak Prescott and that Cowboys offense. It's all coming your way on NFL Live. We're so glad you're with us here today. And we have Kimberly Martin in the studio. So good to see you, Kimberly. Glad to have you. She's got a lot of updates coming y'all's way that you don't want to miss. Plus, Jeff Saturday and Robert Griffin III with you for the hour. As I mentioned, there's a lot to get to today. Let's begin with a big story in the NFL. There was a congressional hearing today on the commander's toxic workplace environment. Dan Snyder did not attend. Yesterday, the Washington Post reported new details from a woman who settled with the team previously. Here's Representative Carolyn Maloney today on Snyder's absence. We also invited Daniel Snyder to testify today. But rather than show up and take responsibility for his actions, he chose to skip town. Apparently, Mr. Snyder is in France, where he has docked his luxury yacht near a resort town. That should tell you just how much respect he has for women in the workplace. Roger Goodell, whose father Charles was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, spent much of the morning testifying on Zoom before the House Oversight Committee. Here's what he had to say. I have not seen a workplace in the NFL um, that is anywhere near what we saw in the context of that period of time for the Washington commanders. Yes or no, are you willing to do more? Yes, of course I'm willing to do more. I never said that we were going to stop. I actually said the opposite. But we you will have the authority to recommend that Dan Snyder be removed as a team owner. Okay, the, you the, can recommend the gentlelady's time has expired. The gentleman may answer her question. Your time has expired. You may answer her question. Should Dan Snyder I, be I removed? I think I'm good. Remove him. Will you remove him? I don't have the authority to remove him, Congresswoman. So you get a feel for what that was like today as Tisha Thompson joins us now. She's covering the hearing for us. Tisha, where does this go from here? Well, you just saw Representative Carolyn Maloney, who's a Democrat from New York, who chairs the committee. And she announced during the hearing that she is going to subpoena Dan Snyder for a deposition she announced that will take place next week. Uh, we're waiting to see if that actually happens. But that's a big move. That's been a move that's been anticipated over the course of this eight-month investigation. It started in October. This morning, uh, Representative Maloney also released a 28-page memo, along with about 650 pages of depositions to the public for the first time, revealing a lot of details of what they have found during their investigation, and has accused Snyder and his attorneys of 
of essentially running what she called a shadow investigation, where he was trying to investigate 50 former employees that he suspected might have spoken to the Washington Post as part of its original investigation into sexual misconduct in 2020. And the, the memo goes into great detail about various ways that the committee investigators allege that Snyder and his lawyers went about getting personal information from those former employees. Thanks so much, Tisha, for all of that information. We'll continue to keep an eye on this. And a reminder once again, Dan Snyder not present at today's congressional hearing. Let's bring in Kimberly Martin here. Kim, what did you take away from today's hearing? Laura, I used to cover this team back in 2018. And my introduction to Dan Snyder, I was told, do not look at him if you see him in the hallway. Do not speak to him. Mm. He does not speak. He's like that with his employees as well. So none of this actually surprises me. My question, though, is how much more do we have to hear? We had the New York Times cheerleading story. We had the Washington Post, multiple uh, Washington Post stories. And now we have this memo detailing him intimidating witnesses, alleging that he's intimidated witnesses. And, um, and it's not surprising, unfortunately. And Roger Goodell said something I found Interesting. It's the one thing that we can we know for a shadow of a doubt is true. He does not have the authority to remove him. Mm. So my question is for the owners, the other 32 owners, what is the tipping point for you? Because Washington wants us to understand that things are better with Dan Snyder taking a back seat. But clearly with him at the head, there are still issues from the past that keep being dragged into the public forum right now. And that's where this team is. Yeah, that's a really important clarification there that Goodell made multiple times today. Mm -hmm. This is on the owners to make this removal. Here is a statement from the Washington Commanders that came out just a short time ago. They said, while we respect the committee's desire to learn more about how workplace culture issues can be addressed, some of the comments in the media have portrayed our team in a harsh and negative manner that does not reflect who we are as an organization today. Nor do they acknowledge that for the past two years, we have been dedicated to making much-needed, meaningful changes to our work place culture and improving our diversity, equity, and including practices team-wide. Importantly, we recognize that none of these changes could have occurred and been maintained so carefully without all of you. Again, that is the statement from the commanders and from the Snyder family as well, Tanya and Dan Snyder, as well as Jason Wright. We'll keep an eye on this story. We'll continue to bring you all the latest news as we get to more news here today on NFL Live. Rob Gronkowski retired. He says he's hanging it up again. One of the best to ever do it is retiring. He said he's given the game all he has for the moment. So Tom Brady, who came out of retirement 101 days ago, is now without one of his favorite targets. And since entering the league in 2010, only Jason Witten and Greg Olson have played more offensive snaps than Rob Gronkowski. He's got over 7,000 plays of experience. Look at the rest of the Buccaneers tight end group right here. Cameron Brate, an experienced player, but the rest of that room pretty new to the pro game. Some names on there you may not recognize. And you see uh, offensive snaps, a lot of zeros there. So, Robert, you said yesterday that Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. Without him, are you concerned about the Bucks at that tight end position? Oh, 100%. Anytime you lose the greatest tight end of all time, you're going to be concerned about the rest of the guys that are left behind. So it's going to be a lot more pressure on Cameron Brait and Cade Otten, the rookie they just drafted out of Washington, who has a similar skill set to Rob Gronkowski, but none of them are Rob Gronkowski. And the numbers are undeniable about how much of an impact Gronk has had, not only on Brady, but the Bucks' offense. 
They're the, they've been a top five red zone offense the last two years when Gronk is on the field and Brady has thrown 48 touchdowns and zero interceptions when Gronk is simply on the field in the red zone the past two seasons. So they're going to have to get more out of the rest of their roster, but this is still going to be a really, really good football team. They're just no longer the NFC favorites because they don't have Rob Gronkowski in the fold right now. Ooh. Listen, I agree with Robert here. I mean, you know, when you think about how good Rob Gronkowski has been with Tom Brady, the large majority in the past five years has been red zone. When you think about what he's capable of doing, and that's just because of reps and time together. When you think about these two, how many reps have they thrown in spring? How many reps have they thrown in summer? And then you get to the season and you see these things, and, and they just look phenomenal. It looks like it's it's so rehearsed. It's as well orchestrated as can possibly get. That's what he's going to miss. But the reality is, it's going to be in the red zone. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is still a top three NFC team. And, and, and to RG3's point, I think this is a team that really has to be reckoned with. You have a new staff. I know I know he's been a defense coordinator, but a new head coach. You lost two offensive linemen. There's a lot of other areas that have to be adjusted. They won't start as fast, but toward the latter part of the season, they'll get back in stride. And you never know. Gronk might be back, baby. Yeah. You never know. Tom Brady's persuasive <laughs> dude makes that call. Yeah. October, that dude might be suiting it back up. I'm glad Jeff said that uh -huh. because, Laura, I will partake in this discussion because it's on the rundown. But, no, I will not believe that this is the end for Gronk. No, no, because the last time he retired, nah. I wrote a farewell column. I'm not falling for it again. But think about the situation that Brady now finds himself in. He's a guy, 44 years old, who retired, wasn't sure if playing the game still was what he wanted to do. 41 days later, he's like, psych, I'm back. Now he is five weeks away from returning to training camp without one of his top receivers in Chris Godwin, who's injured, and now Gronk, who is, his, who is and has always been his safety blanket. And when he talks about Gronk, it's not just Gronk knows exactly what I'm thinking. It's Gronk brings fun to the game. Yeah. And when you're 44 years old and mm. you needed that mental like, okay, we're about to do it one more time, let's go. And that guy, that silly guy, that bro dude, isn't there to inject some of that. I think we're gonna see, he's gonna miss him in the red zone, but also, in the locker room and on the field. Yeah, and it, it wasn't. I mean, to your point that he's just a silly guy, right? He oh. did so much so in much that red zone to be clutch. Okay, uh, let's uh, say, though, Robert, that he really doesn't come back. You said because Gronk's not there, no longer are the Bucks the favorites in the NFC. So I, I want to put you on the spot here really mm. quick. Who are the favorites? What, what would you put at the top? Are they still in your top three? How would you sort of explain all that? Yeah, Laura, like I said, the, the Bucks are still a really, really, really good football team. So they are in, in my top three. But the number one team in the NFC is going to be the, the Los Angeles Rams. The, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And now that the, the Bucks don't have Rob Gronkowski, it puts the Rams back in the forefront of that of that conference. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And listen, there's a whole lot more of these people coming your way on NFL Live today, so keep it locked right here. Here why Robert thinks a lot of the shortcomings in Arizona fall on the shoulders of Cliff Kingsbury and what he needs to do to keep the Cardinals in playoff contention. And later, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin guest starred on the Pivot podcast, co-hosted by our very own Ryan Clark. He dropped a few coaching gems along the way. Listen to this. The number one is the number one, and that's what I want Pittsburgh Steelers football to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Breaking news and very sad news to, to report here on NFL Live. Tony Siragusa has died at just 55 years old. I want to bring in Jeff Saturday, who played against him. And Jeff, just what will you remember about the style of play as we find out this tragic news? Uh, just an incredible competitor, uh, probably one of the probably one of the most fun guys I ever had a chance to play against. You know, during during timeouts, offensive linemen and defensive linemen can talk across the line of scrimmage. He was an incredible storyteller. And uh, post game, you get together, everybody talk, and uh, he was just he was just the life of every conversation. He had a huge personality. He could, like I tell you, he could tell the greatest stories in a great amount of time. And he had everybody that Italian way, right? Like everybody was his brother. No. Nobody was a stranger. Absolutely loved the man. Devastated to hear the news. Prayers go out uh, to his family and friends. Just uh, awful news to hear. Yeah, and when you think about his story, inspiring so many, undrafted free agent in 1990 from Pittsburgh, went on to have such great success. And as you illustrated there, Jeff, such an amazing person who so many respected. This tweet came down just a few minutes ago from Jim Ursay, the Colts owner. He said, the goose, Tony Siragusa, has passed away at 55. I'm heartbroken as is all of Colts Nation. As Jeff said there, thoughts and prayers to his family as we learn this sad news. Let's continue here on NFL Live today as we talk about some quarterbacks who are looking for some new deals. Kyler Murray, the first overall pick in 2019. Since he started in Arizona, there are four players with 70 passes and 15 rushes for touchdowns. Two of them are playing on contracts with plenty of guaranteed money. While both Kyler and Lamar Jackson should be coming up on big paydays themselves. For more on what the future holds for Lamar and Kyler, Adam Schefter with his top offseason questions. What's the deal with pending quarterback deals? Arizona's Kyler Murray and Baltimore's Lamar Jackson are the next quarterbacks in line to receive new deals after an offseason filled with them. Green Bay gave Aaron Rodgers a new deal averaging over $50 million per season. Cleveland paid Deshaun Watson $46 million per season. Las Vegas Derek Carr more than $40 million per year. And the Rams' Matthew Stafford $40 million per year. Murray has been perpetually unhappy about his contract all offseason, and the issue threatens to run into the preseason if not resolved. Minus an agent, Jackson has been less outspoken about his deal, though the price for his new contract also seems to be rising. At the most important position in sports, Murray and Jackson are in line to be next. Touchdown, Ravens! Murray magic! Make way for a superstar. 
All right, Kimberly Martin, what's the latest with Kyler Murray's contract situation? <sighs> Laura, <laughs> the Arizona situation I find fascinating because when I talk to people around the league, they tell me there seems to be a leadership void in Arizona. Some people point to the GM, his decision-making. Other people point to Cliff Kingsbury and his ability as a head coach. And then there are other people who point to Kyler Murray and his maturity and leadership. Now, the GM got his extension, Cliff got his extension, and the one person left is Kyler Murray. So it's a little surprising that they wouldn't pay him. That's the expectation. But one NFC exec told me if they don't pay him, I know 24 other teams definitely will. Hmm. Yeah, it's a dynamic skill set no matter what, and he's proven a lot in his short time already in the league. But the one thing when you think about the Cardinals, Robert, is how last season we were talking about him as one of the best with the Mm -hmm. best records in in the NFL, and then they fall off a cliff toward the latter part of the season. There's a lot of reasons why that could have happened, but why do you say and how do you think the Cardinals can overcome the late season decline? Yeah, Laura, Cliff Kingsbury has two years now of proof showing that his team is not being able to maintain what they do early in the year, late in the season. Mm. And I think that falls back on coaching. Of course, last year, D-Hop wasn't available uh, to close out the season, so that definitely hurt their offense. But when you're playing the position and you're calling the plays, you have to be able to adjust as the year goes on to defenses taking away what you want to do offensively. We talk about it all the time. They do the self-scout. We, we find the tendency breakers that, that, that other teams are seeing based on alignment and who's on the field, whether the quarterback's foot is up in the right position or his other foot is back. Cliff has to do a better job of adjusting to the personnel that he has and adjusting to what defenses are doing down the stretch to shut down their offense. Yeah, listen, offenses are pattern-based, right? Like anything else, you understand, hey, what you're trying to get accomplished. And to RG's point about what what they've tried to do there, they're trying to get this, they're trying to hit this post. Well, now they want to throw a dig instead, which is a different type of route, but that's the first and second progression. What's now the third? At some point, they have to advance this offense where when teams take something away, they can go to that next point and continue scoring and continue producing offensively. What happens is defenses are trying to find their way middle midway through the season right they, they, they're trying to figure out what are they trying to get done how can we stop it and when they find the answers now you have to find new answers and yeah. I think what has happened is Arizona has started so fast that they've kind of neglected that and when they get to the latter part of the season it showed up and it has not produced the way they need to in the latter part of the season you know Robert mentioned the time without DeAndre Hopkins last season due to injury of course once again a reminder he'll be suspended for six games into this season they did yep. add Hollywood Brown so there are a lot of dynamics there that you got to think. You hope that Kyler shows up for camp to get everything worked out, but he may not unless he gets that money. Let's get to some quick reads. Wide receivers out there looking for new deals as well. Kimberly, take us through some of these contract situations. Let's start with Terry McLaurin yeah, in Washington. Yeah, Laura, would it surprise you if Washington announced some crazy Supermax deal right now for Terry McLaurin just to take this, the pressure yeah. off of them and the, the off of the congressional hearings? But as of right now, there has been no movement, but Ron Rivera did say we are not trading Terry McLaurin. He is too important, and a deal will get done. The question is just what? Also, DK Metcalf, he has said all along that he expects to get paid by Seattle. He expects to be there, but he did not participate in minicamp. He did not show up, which you think, oh, that's surprising. He is still rehabbing from that foot injury, but 
all in all, he says, I expect this to be done. So I think talking to people around the league, they think it's a matter of when, not if this happens. And also, another guy, rep by Tory Dandy of CAA, Debo Samuel, just like DK Metcalf. There, there's all that chatter about Debo not wanting to be in San Francisco. And John Lynch said, no, we are not moving this guy. We will get something done. As of right now, there's been no movement. I checked in on both DK and Debo. Nothing to report as of now. But again, this is a situation where most people assume he will be back in San Francisco and happy. He did attend mandatory minicamp, which yes. is a good sign mm -hmm. considering how things were going there for a while. You'd love to see Debo. Well, at least the 49ers would love to see Debo yes. stay. If not, everyone else is like, we'll take him. We exactly. would gladly pay him. Exactly. All right, still to come on NFL Live, Big Ben is gone. But Mike Tomlin worried about who's under center? Well, hear why Robert Griffin III thinks rookie Kenny Pickett should start over Mitch Trubisky. He's going to explain next on NFL Live. Keep it right here. Over the middle. Caught Tyreek Kill at the 45. Angling right 40. 35. Cheetah. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown! Breaking news happened within the last half hour. Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City, headed to Miami. Tua or Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, like I'm, I'm gonna go with one five as the strongest arm. As far as accuracy wise, I'm going with Tua all day. I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game until it's 70. I'm surprised a, a little. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with trying to get his podcast some some stuff and get it rolling. You kind of let other people talk about who's the best and all that different type of stuff. You just want to go out there and win football games at the end of the day. Pat here with the hot takes on the podcast. Uh, anyway, Patrick Mahomes took over as a starter in Kansas City in 2018. Since then, no quarterback to receiver combination has produced more 40-yard plays than Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Number two on the list, interesting, as Marquez Valdez-Scantling has joined the Chiefs in the offseason. You see him there with the Packers before. And he may see some of those downfield targets in Kansas City that Tyreek Hill saw. So, Robert, how do you think Patrick Mahomes will play this season without Tyreek Hill? It's going to be better. Uh, and I know that might be shocking because you see that graphic there. Tyreek Hill is such a dynamic player, and the Chiefs understood that, so they didn't replace him with just one guy. They went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster. They went out and got the second guy on that last graphic, Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers, and then they drafted Sky Moore. Mm -hmm. On the back end, they got Josh Gordon. They have Corey Coleman and Justin Ross, amongst a, a bunch of other receivers in that room that are all trying to make the roster. And because of the variability that they're going to have at the position, now they're going to be better and Mahomes will be less prolific but he will be better and more efficient in his career without Tyreek Hill which is a five game sample he has a 103.1 QB rating and he's thrown eight touchdowns to only one interception so he can be better without being without being as prolific and and, and Jeff I want to say this to you you, you got to remember they still got Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey there so mm -hmm. coaching is definitely going to play a part what do you think Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Listen, if Andy Reid has showed you anything in his career, he can put points up. He understands how to do that. Now tag on Eric, the enemy who's calling the plays in Kansas City. Patrick Holmes, these guys will be absolutely lights out. Will they miss him to a degree? Sure, just like any other player that moves on and goes elsewhere. But this will not slow down this offense. And here's the other part. 
Protection beats coverage every time. They have invested heavily in this offensive line. They saw what happened in that Super Bowl when everybody was injured and Mahomes running for their life. So what they do, they retooled that offensive line. They were much better last year. They will be better this year, which gives Mahomes time, and he will pick you apart. That man is skillful and talented. And again, will it be a loss? Yes, but it will be substantial. I don't think so either. I agree with RG3 there. This is why we like having the O-lineman on the show because he can give some love to those big fellas. Also, in the studio yeah. here, you know, I'm looking at Juju Smith-Schuster right here on, on our monitor here, too. I mean, that, another thing that Patrick Mahomes has called out here even in camp, Kimberly, is saying just having these bigger-bodied receivers, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily a slight at Tyreek Hill, but right. I guess it could be looked at that way. Uh, what do you think his frame of mind is looking at this offense without Hill? I think Patrick Mahomes will look at it as a challenge, which is what I assume he should look at it as. Um, You know, I don't know what this offense will look like when all is said and done, but I know two things for certain. It was ridiculous that people were writing off this Chiefs team last year when Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And two, this is a perfect opportunity for this new-look Chiefs team to reestablish themselves as the team to beat because we talk so much about the Chargers and the Broncos and the Raiders and all the additions. What we talk about with the Chiefs are the subtractions. Oh, no, no Tyreek Hill? Like, what? Think about when that trade went down. We were like, what is going on in Kansas City? But now here's an opportunity. You mentioned Laura, Juju Smith-Schuster coming off of injury and a disappointing time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. There were high hopes for him there. This is really an opportunity for them to establish themselves and for some new weapons. Mm. to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, it's a good point by you that we Mm -hmm. are talking about who they've lost, but they've Mm -hmm. also added a lot of people and a lot of different types of weapons. No doubt their offense is going to look a lot different. All right, now to some heartbreaking news. Baltimore Ravens outside linebacker Jalen Ferguson has died at the age of 26. The team said in a statement he was a kind, respectful young man with a big smile and infectious personality. We express our heartfelt condolences to Jalen's family and friends as we mourn a life lost much too soon. Ferguson, known as Sack Daddy, coming out of Louisiana Tech, was a third-round pick by the Ravens in 2019, and our hearts go out to his family and friends. Here's the next UFC Fight Night, Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our lightweight main event. The prelims start at 7 on ESPN2, followed by the main card at 10 Eastern on ESPN. Both available on ESPN+, and you can get that by going to ESPNPlus.com or downloading the ESPN app. Also, Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final is tonight with the Avs up two games to one after the Lightning took Game 3, 6-2 Monday night. Our coverage begins at 8 Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Don't miss it. Back here on NFL Live, let's do some read and react. Mike Tomlin edition. He was on the pivot this week with our colleague Ryan Clark. Great podcast, by the way, if you hadn't checked it out. He had some thoughts on coaching philosophy. Listen to this. I love coaches <laughs> that resist the responsibility of coaches, that talk negatively about a dude that can't learn and blah, blah. Man, if everybody could learn, we need less coaches. Yeah, that's real. right. If, if the group didn't need management, then we wouldn't make as much. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Not many better than Tomlin. Robert, what do you think of what he said on developing players there? Yeah, first of all, love Mike Tomlin. And his point is that your job as a coach is to meet the players where they're at. If they have difficulty learning, then you have to find the way that they learn. Because a good coach 
helps the players see what they can be, not what they are. And I think that's what Mike Tomlin is saying. It is your job to get through to these guys because they're so talented it can help you win games. Well said by Tomlin and by you, Robert. Steelers also added Brian Flores to their coaching staff this offseason after Flores did not receive a head coaching job. Here's what Tomlin said on how that process unfolded. At the early stages of our interaction, I wouldn't even have thought of broaching the subject because I just thought that had been disrespectful to his talents. Because I thought this dude is head coach capable and there were head jobs available. And so I won't have conversations with this dude about being anything other than that. When the opportunities started to dry up is when the conversation changed. I think that was my general attitude. Like, no, I'm not gonna let this dude sit out. Kimberly, what did you think of how Tomlin handled the Flores hiring? Kudos to Ryan Clark for this interview, but when we credit Bruce Arians for his purposeful hiring, this is an example of that. And what I love about what Mike Tomlin said was, this was not a favor to one of his boys. He said in this podcast, I didn't really know Flo like that. We were cool, but like, hey, nice to meet you. But once he saw that he was almost naive, he thought that Tom, he thought that Flores would get an opportunity. And when he did it, he said, this is too big. I have this guy is too talented. He has to be on my roster because he's that good of a coach, not a guy doing a favor for one of his friends. Yeah, it hits you when he basically said he thought it'd be disrespectful to offer it, him an assistant mm-hmm. job because he's such a high caliber yep. coach. All right, this also happened on the Pivot podcast. Antonio Brown tweeted on May 16th that he, quote, just wants to retire a Steeler. Tomlin had some thoughts on that subject, too. Y'all know that ain't happening. We got to ask. Y'all know that ain't happening. We got to ask. Go retire, though. It's full circle. You oh, said it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, in terms of putting a helmet on and running out of the tunnel and playing ball and stuff like that, man, you know, he's moved on, we've moved on. Right. We could sit around and chop that up and pretend like that's a realistic conversation, but we all know that's not realistic, man. Ooh. Uh, you know, hey, Jeff, so the one funny thing about this is that the way this question was asked was actually more about him retiring a, a Steeler. But either way, how about the honesty from Tomlin on this one about Antonio Brown? We can do the entire show on Tomlin <laughs> and never run out of material. He is a thing of beauty. And listen, he's being real. He's like this dude, you know, as far as shine goes, he can come back, say, hey, I'm going to retire one day and sign a piece of paper. That dude ain't putting on the helmet again. And he understood that. I just love how real he is on both fronts. AB did a ton for that organization. Respect to that. But also he knows everybody's moved on. I just love the way he approaches it and answers it. Mm-hmm. Just a thing of beauty. It was good stuff. All right. Of course, Tomlin was also asked about life without Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers quarterback situation. Here he is on that. Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky. We're also not allocating the damn money that we allocated at the position in the past. And so there's a redistribution of the money. And so it better be a redistribution of the playmaking. Scary. But exciting. The standard is the standard. And so, yeah, it's like McDonald's, right? You know what the number one is. It don't matter where you go, what corner of the globe, the number one is the number one, and that's what I want Pittsburgh Steelers football to be. All right, again, if you have not checked out The Pivot, you just got to watch oh, the entire so interview, and there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch more that's really, really great, too. But, Jeff, let's talk about the key for the Steelers to stay successful without Big Ben. What does it look like? 
more balance. Listen, when you think about the last couple years with Big Ben, their pass-to-run ratio was 40 passes to 24 runs. That is that is way out of bounds. I understand they were trying to dink and dunk. They spread it out. That is not what Mike Tomlin – that's not the standard is the standard. The standard of standards, when they won the Super Bowl, they were 31 passes to 28 runs. That's a very balanced offense. They want to, they want to control time of possession. They want to shorten how, 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 uh, how many times each team can take, contains the ball. They understand how they win, and that's – defense and if you look at where the money's allocated he may mention that in the interview that money's on defense Laura he wants to win <laughs> through defense and play in sound offense no nothing explosive just do your job play great defense and don't underestimate this Steeler team everybody's overlooking them in the AFC North this team has a good shot as anybody in that division yeah they made Minka Fitzpatrick the highest paid safety in the league and rightfully so that was something I'm sure that was a high priority for Tomlin as well as the ownership too or the front office all right but Robert Let's get back to quarterback here. Who should their quarterback be? Laura, the question is perfect there because <laughs> who should be their quarterback? It should be Kenny Pickett. When Ooh. I went and worked out with him before the draft, I got to see how maniacal of a worker he is. This dude has been training like a pro for mm. six years at the Test Academy in New Jersey. He can make every single throw. I watched him do it in person. I threw with him. He can run. He's way more athletic than people give him credit for. And for the people out there who say he, he's hit his ceiling already, well, that's one heck of a ceiling. Look at these stats, passing <laughs> yards, passing touchdowns, completions. He broke all of Dan Marino's records. So I think the quarterback should yeah. be Kenny Pickett. But who do I think it will be? I think it'll be Mitchell Trubisky because they paid him a little bit of money and it allows Kenny Pickett to continue to grow. And that we have to remember that even Ben Roethlisberger didn't start as a rookie when he came out and he did play very fast into his career, but he still sat on the bench behind both Tommy Maddox and Charlie Batch. Yeah, I mean, newsflash, great points, Robert. This league is hard. <laughs> so even if you're a really talented quarterback, yeah. even if you have great pieces around you, it's not going to just happen overnight. And Kimberly, what have you heard to that point about the Steelers quarterback competition in minicamp? Yeah, to Robert's point, they're very high on Kenny Pickett. But so far in practices, there have been up and down days. He looks exactly what he is a rookie. And that's no mm -hmm. shade at the kid. This is what you expect. He is new to the NFL. But the Steelers aren't new to him. If anybody had more intel on Kenny Pickett, it's the Steelers. So there's a reason he was taken at 20. I agree with Robert. I think we all understand that Mitchell Trubisky, given his veteran experience, would be the obvious choice. I know Tom said it's going to be a fierce competition, all that. We all expect Mitchell Trubisky to get the starting job. The question, though, is how long Mitchell Trubisky can keep the job. Yeah. Because I don't think you draft Kenny Pickett mm -hmm. at 20 in the first round if you don't think he's capable at least sometime at this point in the season starting for you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Just a little flashback to the draft. Remember, a lot of us thought that Malik Willis would have been higher on some of these people's mm -hmm. boards. A lot of us put him to the Steelers. The Steelers said, no, we're going to go with the guy that we know really well, mm -hmm. the pit player who's been in our facility, who we're yep. very familiar with. And it makes me think, Robert, as you're talking about throwing with Kenny Pickett, I just had this crazy idea. Like, should we get all of our quarterbacks at ESPN out here and just get you guys throwing around and see who throws the best ball still? Because I would have my money on Robert. <laughs> it's not a lot. I would love, I would love <laughs> to do that. Okay, that would idea? be fun. <laughs> Jeff, that you want to come idea. in and like moderate the whole thing and, and call these guys out when they throw <laughs> Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, well, I can or give you can snap it. Yeah. Snaps, you know snap what I mean? <laughs> I'd love right. to take some snaps some from Jeff Saturday, snaps, man. That'd be a dream come true. 
All right, so this is happening. Uh, it's official, even if I have to host it in my backyard. All right, we got something new on NFL Live. you got to see this. Uh, Rob Gronkowski tweeting out, and for those of you who are like, ooh, he's coming out of retirement. No, it's not that. He says, be careful. Tom doesn't like to lose. This from a tweet from Tom Pelissero saying, retirement scoreboard, Rob Gronkowski 2, Tom Brady 1. So watch out. Is Brady going to, like, retire and come back again? Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure if I can take it. We do so many retirement specials and people come out of retirement. We don't have enough airspace for all this. Coming up next on NFL Live, Zeke was the first of this Cowboys team to get paid, but is he shouldering too much of the blame? We take a look at that offense, and Jeff Saturday is going to tell you why he thinks Zeke and Tony Pollard should both be on the field at the same time. It's all next on NFL Live. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. To wear the cowboy star on my helmet. Continue the legacy of greatness. I'd do anything known to man to get in a Super Bowl. hear that as I said uh, you either love or hate the Cowboy fans and it's usually warm in my heart when I hear that how about them Cowboys all right what's this Cowboys offense going to be next season with expectations sky high as usual healthy Dak Noah Murray Cooper CD Lamb number one new pieces on the O-line but that's the guy we've got this video of Zeke how can he contribute in a major way here's more from McCarthy well, I think the biggest thing with Zeke is he's completely healthy now and he's had a tremendous offseason. I mean, the weight that he's been pushing in the weight room, um, just, you know, the numbers that he's been cranking out, you know, have been very, very impressive. You know, I, I can't stand to tell you it's been the best of his career, but he's he's in top shape. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's an extremely instinctive, tough, smart football player, great teammate. So I think he's definitely has set himself for, up for that. Look away, Cowboys fans. I'm sorry about this. Over the last five years, Ezekiel Elliott's rushes and yards per game averages have gone way down. 
While some of it's due to his timeshare with Tony Pollard, it's worth noting Zeke had only three rushes for at least 20 yards last year. 26 players had more. My goodness. Now, some of the other numbers that matter here, Robert, what he makes on his paycheck. Those numbers are a big reason why we have these high expectations. But you saw those numbers, the bad ones. Is the criticism that Zeke has faced following his decline fair? Laura, no, the criticism isn't fair, but life isn't fair. And this is what you sign up for when you're a professional football player. You look at those numbers and you saw how his rushes also decreased. And I think that the Cowboys need to make this two-back system with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard the focal point of their offense. Don't get pass happy. And the only way they can do that is if they strengthen up their offensive line. Zeke was running behind a banged-up offensive line last year. He himself was banged up as he played the majority of the season with a hurt knee, and he still finished sixth in touchdowns with 10 and seventh in the league in rushing yards. Now, I know they're not paying him to be sixth and seventh. They're paying him to be number one. But you can't discredit what he did after having to play behind seven different rotations on that offensive line. But the Cowboys need to feature Tony Pollard a little bit more, but don't take – his uh, don't take Zeke's touches away. Give them both more touches. Hmm. So uh, I agree with Robert that y- you want to give both these guys touches. However, at the end of the day, they paid Zeke. They paid the running back. This is Robert's point to life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's healthy now, but fans don't want to hear about it. Did you step on the field last year? Oh, you were on the field last year. We weren't hearing about injuries last year. Now it's, oh, well, I was hurt last year. So that's all true. But from the fan base, with a, when you have the star on your helmet, you don't want to hear any of that because Jerry Jones is only thinking about Super Bowl. So the fans... They, they may be delusional. They may be crazy. They have all that belief in the Cowboys. They want to see results and production. And if Zeke is making that much money, don't tell me about the offensive line because they paid the running back. I think that's the reality of the situation. Ooh, I'm gonna tell, we're going to have to talk a little more about that offensive line, though. I'm sorry to say. Uh, Jeff, you heard Robert mention that they were injured last season. Now there's been some changes on this O-line. Yeah. What's your level of concern about the Cowboys O-line this season? Very concerned. Listen, Lyle Collins going, right? You got Williams going. Like, so so they're, they, they're making moves. But this was not a physical football team at the end of last season. And you think about Kellen Moore, they run 11 personnel all the time. So that means they want to use one running back, one tight end, then spread it out with receivers. Well, if you have Pollard and Elliott, put both those guys in at the same point of the game. Pollard can split out. You can start him at a receiver. He's fully capable of making plays out there. Put him back in motion. Now you got two backs in the backfield. Zeke is an excellent blocker if it is pass protection there's a number of different ways to get creative but let me just say this there's plenty of blame to go around for how they fell apart towards the latter part of the season and that was offensive line was soft they weren't running the ball effectively behind their pads and Dak Prescott wasn't playing great so if you you can give them all credit or all blame however you look at it but I am of the same mindset of RG3 here Ezekiel is still a very good running back you give him enough touches he will produce the yards I still think he's above four four and a half yards per carry rusher. I think he'll get back to that this season. 
Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. <laughs> let him eat, right, Robert? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, right, guys, yes. that you say, well, Zeke can't do anything just because Tony Pollard can, right? Like, maybe right. these two things can be and, true yep. at the same time. And one of the things, Robert, that was interesting is we heard throughout minicamp, they were talking about Tony Pollard running routes. Now, and we're not sitting here saying he's got some advanced route tree. Amari Cooper gone. you got to think CeeDee Lamb is that guy that's going to be moving into that number one spot. But as you think about their weapons, you think about CeeDee Lamb's role. Is he a true number one in your mind, Robert? Yeah, Laura, CeeDee Lamb is a true number one, and he's going to go out and prove it. He has everything that you look for out of those types of guys. He can separate. He's got strong hands. He understands the route tree. And the number one thing for me with CeeDee Lamb is his confidence. When they asked him, hey, are you ready to be the number one guy? He said, I've been ready. Mm -hmm. And I would say this. He's been ready because a ready man don't have to get ready. He stays ready. And I think he's going to have a big focal point for this Cowboys offense. And also, Tony Pollard will be on the field. I think, Jeff, we talked about this before. He needs to be on the field at the same time as Ezekiel Elliott. And that way you can maximize everything for this offense. A hundred percent. And listen, you're talking about C.D. Lamb. Really, he was the one last year. Amari Cooper may have been on the field, but you saw the way he and Dak could never find that rhythm. They could never find that big play. It seemed like every time they needed something, C.D. Lamb stepped up and made those plays. No different, listen, than Tony Pollard. His role, he is a very explosive running back. To have both those guys on the field, he and Ezekiel, simultaneously, I think, puts defenses in a very bad position. How are they going to cover? Are they going to go to nickel? Or are they going to have this guy walk? out, try to cover Pollard. All those questions have to be answered. You get into significant strategy issues. And so, again, this goes back to Kellen Moore. How can I get my best 11 on the field? I think Pollard and Elliott are two of the best 11. Get them on the field as much as you can. Jeff, yes or no, Cowboys win the NFC East? Ooh. I think I do think so. I think so. I know everybody's picking the Eagles. It's kind of the, you know, the, the hot thing. I think, I think the Cowboys <laughs> find a way, though. Robert, yes or no? Cowboys? Yes, cow- okay. Cowboys win these. All right, cool. Time for one more thing before we go, guys. Uh, last time Kimberly was here on the show in person wow. with us, she had wow. some footwear issues <laughs> with, with her heels. Kim, what happened here? Listen, about to my, see fir- my first time here in studio since I was hired two oh. years ago. And my lubes, look at my lubes. Oh, this lube is why I'm too. in sneakers today. This yeah, is why girl. I'm wearing the J's today. Hey. You guys, are, this floor is not going to chip there me you up. Go. I'm no, sir. These aren't lubes, but I should <laughs> See if I could get my shoe stuck in the crack, too, and then we'll both have something to Work say about comp. it. Something. I'm filing something. <laughs> oh, this is not right. Make Cinderella left her slipper over there. Got to find her. Yeah. Um, listen, Robert and Jeff, you won't have these problems when you come to studio. Hate to say it. If you do, it'd be really interesting. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for tuning in.